Eli man is sitting there looking stupid like like a little kid that just dropped his ice cream cone, you know what I'm saying, with that little dopey look on his face. Man, I'm telling you, man, I love it, man. The Giants always use the Redskins as a doormat. They always beat us, man, but this time we made a statement first game. We smacked them down. We smacked them down, man, and we sent them home back to New York losers, and we, going, we are going to win the East, fellas, man. Gross, man, we're going to win the East. All right, man, hell to my skins, man. Hell to our skins, man. We're going to get it done. We're going to put the foot to the Cardinals next week. I can't wait. The original Redskins Fans Podcast. On today's show, we talk about the victory of the Redskins over the Giants. It's about time. I am home. And the upcoming game against the Cardinals. This and much, much more live with Aaron and John. Yo, 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 what's up? Yo, what's up? Yo, Aaron. Yo. Where's Josh? Josh. <laughs> Dude. There he is. Yeah, there he is. Dude, Josh Guess had what? Josh had to work tonight. He called us at eight forty-eight. I called it. Fifty-eight. Eight fifty-eight. I called it. We know, dude. Yeah, we know, dude. In any event, um. So you guys are stuck with Aaron and John and uh, our brief intro from Will, who is pumped. I can't wait. He's pumped pumped for the Cardinals game. (laughs) I can't wait. The can't wait quote is killing me. We've been playing around with that for like 20 minutes before we started recording. It's killing me. Dude, all I know (laughs) is Will is quickly filling up my soundboard with with little sound clips here. um, Top of the line. He's pretty much becoming the uh, kind of like the fifth Beatle of Harry Hog football. He's a little bit of the uh, the Pete Best going on early. Uh, oh, what the heck is that guy's name that played the uh, the Hammond? Um, on, uh, I don't uh, know. Uh, 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 uh. But he's like that dude. He's like that guy. Isn't he it like that. something had... George Preston or something? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is That's, that him? Yeah. That nothing for nothing song was his big hit. Yeah. Anyway, dudes. Yeah. Anyway, welcome to Harry Hog Football, episode number 264, in which the Redskins, you know, went 1-0, and starting out with a victory over the Giants, and I can't even tell you, I can't even tell you how pumped I am. Everyone that listens to this podcast knows that for the last three years, I've just wanted to beat the Giants almost as bad as I've wanted to beat the Cowboys. It's because we kept damn losing to them over and over again. And I know, It's not dude. like the Giants were all that good. I know, dude. I know. Seriously. And they always just kept pounding it and pounding it up the middle or on the edge with their running backs, and then we, by the third and fourth quarter, we could never stop them. Brandon Jacobs. And it looked to me, I mean, it looked to me like they were 
on their way to do that in this game, and then they just stopped running. I didn't quite understand. I I, I saw the same exact thing. They just like stopped, just straight up. They were just like, oh, we're gonna stop running the ball. Um, I don't know if it's because the defense started getting more pumped after that interception that that circa eighty two championship game looking interception by by Ryan Kerrigan where he tipped the ball to himself and ran it in for a touchdown. Stellar. Um, oh, fantastic. Way to go, Rook. First game. I don't I, I it was like right at that point. The entire game changed. They stopped running the ball. Our defense got swagger. It was sweet. But dude, we forgot something. What? Oh my. Oh my. Dude, we yeah, uh speaking of that, oh hold on, dude, before we get into that. Um yeah. I would like to give a shout out to our benevolent sponsor, David Lee from David Lee uh, Legal Services. Let's see. What? I wonder if David Lee was up there at the game. Dude, he he tweeted something. I saw it. I yeah, I can't remember what it is either. We got a bunch of tweets. Of course, well, dude. Got... Seriously, every once in a while, I turn on the tweeting during the game, but usually I'm like so like focused on one thing, the mm-hmm. game that I don't even. I don't even think about the outside world. Yeah, yeah. It's like three hours, you're in a cocoon of... of Football. Football, yeah. It's great. It's wonderful. But Kind of the same. Sometimes I'll pop on there or we get Josh to do it. Yeah, Josh is usually (laughs) the uh, computer guy, tweet guy. uh, Yellow cake guy. (laughs) The yellow cake, yellow eye. Hey, we need to get hey, we need to get uh, our fifth beetle, Will, to say yellow cake like that. I think that might be his uh his his assignment, his deal for this week. He gets an assignment every week. Hey, someone else tweeted, I forget who it was, but I saw a tweet that said Aaron's prediction holds true. Oh man, yeah, we've had tons of tweets over the last week. So thank you all you guys. It was a uh, Ninja Death Stars who put that out there. There were a lot of people that were tweeting though. Um and I'll see if I can bring it up. Like I said, Josh is usually the person that does this this stuff, but he uh, he had to take care of some uh, um, you know work related business. So, uh, yeah, yeah. In case you get all right, let's go into talking about the game here because I can't I, I can't even begin to tell you how pumped I was. Dudes, we won by fourteen points. We didn't win a game by more than like what six points last year. I know, dude. Scored 28 points. Dude. Should have been 31 if your dog didn't miss that field goal. It should, I knew he was going to miss it. I, I did, too. I purposely, I, too. I purposely did not even comment last week on him being perfect in preseason because I didn't want to jinx him. Yeah. But when but he you came knew. in, yeah, I was like, oh, my. Oh, my. But that's all oh right, my. though, because uh, London and Arakpo, well, in, in reverse order, took care of the one field goal that they tried to kick with Tynes, who was not a great field goal kicker himself, with that that almost inadvertent, it was like Arakpo just threw his arms up, like, throw your hands in the air! And just because that's what they're taught to do, basic, he did a basic football, you know, football. freshman in high school move, Dude, a football throw your move. arms up in the air, and just happened to hit it. He did a football move. He did a football move. And there was conjecture about whether the ball was actually going to make it to the post or not it, at the angle it was being kicked. And, you know, that's a good point. But, you know. What's the point? The point is that it got blocked. The kick sucked. 
Yep. It was terrible. Yeah. I yeah. almost wish he hadn't hit it because I wanted to go see it. I wanted to see it sail out at like the five yard line into the stands on the left side of the stadium. <laughs> that would have been funny. <clears throat> yeah, but yeah. anyway, what you were talking about is after that uh, Kerrigan awesome play for a rookie. Unbelievable. It, it, the, the NFC championship game, it was it was all kinds of was was it Daryl Grant that did that? Yeah. Dude, I don't remember. Oh man. Yeah. Same thing. You know, tip the ball and then run it in, grab it as a defensive lineman, grab the ball and run it in for a touchdown, and suddenly it's like BAM. Mm-hmm. And the stands are rocking. Well, part of the, all right, after we went up twenty one fourteen, I read, I don't remember the exact percentage, but um Hazlitt started blitzing like exponentially more after that point Mm -hmm. in the game when we went up and the defense oh go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say and eli manning's passer rating went down exponentially at that point all dopey faced (laughs) oh dopey face (laughs) oh man but that that is that is a spot that is a spot on way to describe what was going on there he was all like uh Hey, dude, but let me tell you about that game. I called it. I called it last week. Me and Michael Lombardi, the only other sportscaster, the only sportscaster professional that I saw with balls enough to pick the Redskins to win anything this year. And you know he's walking around like, I called it. You know, and and not to be all like, yeah, we totally kicked their butts and blah, 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 blah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we do understand there were a lot of defensive injuries on the Giants. Hey, we had defensive injury too. Yeah, we had one really big one. We're going to get to that one. Good God. Oh, man. It was. Although I called it on that one, by the way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, uh, Dude, there, I hear, there, there dude, were many radio points station. where the game could have been in the game could have turned the other way and the Giants could have come out on top on this. But that's the kind of thing that would have happened in the past. And it seems like now suddenly the Redskins persevered and played through it and they got, you know, as the game went on, the offense and the defense both got stronger, which mm-hmm. is something that we haven't seen a lot. Well, here was the here is the part that I thought was pretty cool that we've never had in the past. The first, all right. Recent. The like first sports. quarter, the first half of the first quarter, it was like the offense and defense sucked, and I was like, "Great, here we go again, just like uh-huh. last year." Mm-hmm. But then the offense started kicking it in gear, right? All right, and then at the beginning of the second half, or the end of the first half, beginning of the second half, the defense mm-hmm. really kicked it in gear, and the offense let down a little bit. But then the offense came back. And um, after that fumble, when I thought Grossman was just going to go off into oblivion like he always does, yep, he turned it up. Dude, that fumble, I'm glad you brought that up already. That fumble was a really interesting point because if you remember on the drive right before that, there were two plays in a row where he got hit. And both of those times, two plays in a row where he could have, he normally, Rex Grossman would have coughed up the ball on either one of them. And both times he kept it under wraps. Mm-hmm. And then he finally got to that point and he fumbled it. That, you know, one turnover from Rex Grossman a game, 
we might be able to deal with. The fact that he only had one in three obvious Rex Grossman turnover type scenarios and he held on to it twice, I think says an awful lot of good things for the way that the offensive line played, despite, you know, giving up so much pressure on the quarterback. And that's another thing. He actually was able to deal with the pressure pretty well for him, which is not normal for sexy Rexy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he and he had a few passes that were nice. I mean, he had his passer rating. I think was over a hundred, and it, it would have been better because he had like T- Terrence Austin dropped a couple. Someone Terrence else. Terrence Austin? One. No, no, no. It was a uh, AA. Sorry, Anthony Armstrong. Sorry. Yeah. He dropped a few that were right in his hands. His rating that, was one hundred and ten point five. And then that one on the sideline, remember the Gaffney, the one that got called back for a reason that I didn't think it would get called back for. That nobody thought it would get called back for, saying that his, his he didn't have two feet down. Mm-hmm. I guess he did that little, like, tap dance, tap-tap thing right when he caught the ball. So I guess they were saying the first foot hit before he had possession is, is the only thing anyone could think of. Um, but, yeah, dudes, Grossman had a decent... For him, he had a really good, disciplined game. And he even said it himself um, in an interview where he said uh, that this offense is helping to keep him under control because it's like, this is where you're going with the ball. You're not taking extra reads and looking around as much as you might in other offenses, you know, where you're like, first read, no, second read, no, third read, no. You do like a three-step drop and you chuck it. And and the ball, you know, you put it in the right spot and the receiver gets there or he doesn't kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but what we were talking about, again, after that fumble, I think yeah. this is what you were kind of alluding to. I was trying to pull up the play-by-play. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the past, that could have been like, oh, crap, here we go again. They had the ball. It was already, where was it? At the 30-something mm-hmm. yard line or whatever. Um, dude, no, it was at the 22 yard line. Was it really that far? No, no, I'm sorry, I'm lying. It was about the 40. It was, it was in the uh, giant zone, though. It was down there. No, to the it was, they were at the 20 after that. Yeah. All right, so here's the, the three plays right after that. (laughs) All right, after the fumble by, uh, Grossman in the fourth quarter with 13 minutes left. Bradshaw, right end for five yards. Next mm-hmm. play, four more yards. Reed Dowdy on that tackle, making up for earlier in the game. Right. Next play, third and one at the 18. Dowdy, negative two yards, stops Bradshaw. All right, those there three plays could have been the most important in the game because that could have been a turning point for the Giants to tie it back up. And then, of course, the block kick. Those four defensive plays could have been the most important in the game. And, dude, I'm glad you brought that up because I know everyone is dogging on Dowdy. Those right two now. plays were huge, though, right there. Yeah, it's it's Dowdy has never been faulted. And this is, everyone's saying this. He's not been, never been faulted for his effort, his work ethic, all that stuff. He just gets outplayed. I guess athletics, athleticism, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. You know, remember last year against the Texans when he had perfect form, perfect position, and, you know, Andre Johnson is like two feet taller than anyone else in football, so he just jumped up and got the ball over his head. 
he was in the right place in the end zone. He was, you know, hands up, everything. He just couldn't stop him. So it's it's not like Reed Dowdy doesn't know what he's doing. He's the smart kid. He knows what he's doing. That's why he's still playing football, even though he's not the most athletic guy out there. And so, you know, he had a couple of mistakes. But he also, like you said, and on that drive, definitely made up for it. And and that's said, Reed Dowdy really is out of position as a free safety. He really is a strong safety kind of guy. Yeah. As a backup. Anyway. But uh anyway, we digress. We digress. So I'm sure we'll get back to that in a little bit. Um that was a huge, huge defensive stop where you were talking about that's usually right around uh where the defense would just collapse in the last couple of years and they really, really got it together. I mean, they just kept getting stronger and stronger. And after Kerrigan got that tip and touchdown, it was like they smelled blood. Like Cofield was making, you know, he and, and Bowen were both starting off a little bit slow. They weren't getting the penetration, but then in the second half after that happened, it just kept getting better and better. If you if you love watching the D line just pound through there and put pressure on the quarterback, it was getting great. Dude, it was awesome. Mm. I enjoyed watching that game thoroughly, except for the beginning <laughs> when I was like, yeah, "Here we go again." Because then after that, crazy. after the beginning, second quarter on, they looked like the team that we saw in preseason. Yeah. So, what about Fred Davis, dude? He had a huge game. Yeah. What's up? Hello, welcome, Fred Davis. And of course, we saw uh, Cooley come back. His mm-hmm. first action, though, really. In, in, in any kind of game situation. So he was a step slow and behind and not doing all that well. Fred he Davis really, looked like a different – he just looked like a different person on the field to me. He's built like a receiver now. He's not built like a tight end at all. He yeah. looks like he's like a, a third or fourth receiver out there, but with the skill set as a um, receiving-wise, not uh, blocking-wise, but mm-hmm. receiving-wise as a number two putting him in the slot as a three or a four. Mm-hmm. He went five mm-hmm. for 105. He, uh, This could be the year for him. And I know, Aaron, you hate Chris Cooley. so uh, I don't hate him, dude. <laughs> I just think we should have traded him. And I didn't I say last season we should have traded him because of Fred Davis and Pony Boy. And then Fred Davis comes out and has a huge game. So And Pony Boy did, too, on the blocking side. So both of them had great games, I thought. That's all I was saying. I thought we had more places where we could use a trade than tight end i agree i agree speaking of trades his numbers weren't great but i thought that in at not looking at the stats i thought that tim hightower had a pretty strong game as the running back considering everything dude i'm looking here at the stats receiving stats and Santana Moss had six for 76. It seemed to me he had a lot more than that, but I guess not. It's because Santana Moss kept getting all those third-down conversions. Okay, I, that was probably it. But I was I like, man, he's having is. a huge game. He had big catches. He had catches that extended uh, drives a couple of times in that game where they went to him. And, and I think it was his third catch of the game where he finally got up and did his, his usual arm thing like he always does. Like he's been breaking it out like his arms would go up, but he wouldn't do it in preseason. And he's like looking like he's getting ready to do it. And then he'd bring his arms down to be like, nope, I'm saving it for the real deal. And then on his first catch of this game, he put his arms up and he was like, nope, I'm spinning the ball instead. Mm-hmm. 
and then he finally did his little like thing. His ju-ju-ju-ju-ju thing? No, no, not his ju-ju-ju-ju-ju thing. It's a ju-ju-ju-ju-ju. You guys know what I'm talking about. You watch Santana Moss with the arms above his head, and he's like, I can't wait. Will knows what I'm talking about. He know he doesn't need to be told. He doesn't need to be told. He doesn't need to I be told. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> so Jabbar Gaffney had a couple of huge receptions, even though he had that one drop. He had he had a good game. Anthony Armstrong had a couple drops. He had a couple of really big time catches. Um Dude, uh Gaffney had a touchdown and so did Armstrong did too, yeah. right? Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, there were so many times in this game where it looked like, like you alluded to earlier in the cast, where it looked like we were in big, big, whoa, here we go again, trouble. Brandon Jacobs plowing through the line. Um, mm-hmm. Someone like, damn, Devin Thomas getting 21 yards on a kick return. You're just like, oh, great, of course. Dude, someone we cut doing well against us. For a while, dude, it looked to me like Brandon Jacobs and Bradshaw, I don't, didn't really pay attention to who was running it because I didn't care. They were just giants. But anyway... At one point, it looked like the Redskins were a bunch of mosquitoes trying to bring these guys down. They were taking like three, four, and five guys to bring them down. Even after they had them swarmed, they were just kind of not able to get them off their feet, and the refs would have to like blow the play dead after a while. Yeah, and then after a bit, they finally it it would be like the first couple of guys would hit hit someone big like Jacobs and start taking them down. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you're exactly right. For a while, it looked like they weren't gonna they weren't getting it. Yeah, like when they came up with that, I think it was either a third and one or a fourth and one, the Giants. My dad was here, and he was like, what? The Redskins haven't been able to stop them for less than two yards the entire day, and then they had that huge stand. That was huge, and again, that's another example of a play. And I knew they were going for it. Dude, I know you did too. Oh, yeah. You knew they were going to go for it because it's like, how many times have we done that to the Redskins with Brandon Jacobs? And they didn't put Brandon Jacobs in. And They kept Bradshaw in. Can I bring something else up? What happened when we went for it on fourth and one? Oh, totally got it. Santana Moss, wasn't it? I think. I think so. For like six yards. Yeah, dude. I mean, seriously. Here's another thing I want to point out. People in the preseason even were talking about the Redskins in the red zone, just like we do every year. Four touchdowns, no field goals. That was a nice nice score, nice number, 28 to 14. It was a good round. Well, round, not at all round. It was a good, you know, multiple of seven score, the way that football should be. We don't have to worry. We shouldn't have to worry about field goals and and, and things of that nature. I really like the score. I like the score whenever the Redskins is higher than the other team, especially the Giants. Freaking A. I I can't remember the last time we won a game by two touchdowns. Dude, I can't remember the last time we beat the Giants. They say it was only like five or six games ago, but to me it seems like 10 years ago. Dude, that's because you keep going back to, I think it's 88 or 89, when we lost to him three times in one season, including the playoffs, of course. Dude, how about that before the it game? It was wide right here. How about before the game with that giant American flag? That was pretty sweet. It was that 100 American yards long. flag was massive. I was, they were like pulling that thing out, and I was like, look, it's 90 yards long, and then they stretched it, and I was like, nope, 100 yeah, I was just like, dude, it's 100 yards long. You were like, no, dude, it's only 90. I was like, watch. I bet they're going to stretch it out. 
I yeah. bet they're going to extend it. And I think, if I heard this correctly, the people that were stretching it out were people that were affected by the Pentagon attack, like family members of... Family members, and yeah, exactly. So people who were, uh, you know, affected, of course, negatively in the attack, they got to go out there and be on the field and be a part of that, which is really nice. And um, the Redskins honorary captain was uh, General Colin Powell. Colin Powell. He gave the speech to them in the locker room. Apparently, it worked. That's fantastic. It was of awesome. Of course, Aaron, you and I were members of the short-lived band Colin Powell back in the day. And we also got to meet Colin Powell indirectly. Yeah, we met. Kinda. We set up for his um, speech back when we worked at Virginia Tech. And he, um, we basically got um, cavity searched by about 12 um, Secret Service guys before... The shit. Yeah, that was awesome. And then about uh, for two weeks after that, we had a, a short-lived band, except we named it Colin Powell, P-O-W. Yeah. Exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. And then we thought um, people might think that the band had some kind of other kind of connotation, so we changed the name of the band. Yeah, we we decided we decided to go in a different direction. <laughs> We didn't want, We weren't really thrilled about playing in those types of bars. <laughs> <laughs> we felt a little uncomfortable. It was all good though, you know. Anyway, not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it, oh my! It's t- <laughs> oh my! <laughs> you know what it's time for? Oh man, um. It's time for the injury report. Oh, sweet. It's Josh's turn to uh, actually say something. Josh, what do you I got for us? Wait. Um, Josh isn't here, so uh, one of us has to do the injury report. All right. Dang it. All right. Here's what all I right. saw. Well, Leron Landry well, we, said uh-huh. all I saw about him is that he might be playing this week, so that pretty much means he's not. Is that uh, what, is it, he is that might. What he might. I would almost wish... I know it's the Cardinals, but I think they're a lot better than people think because they have Kevin Cobb. I think Cobb is a really good quarterback. Um, I almost wish he would sit down for one more week to make sure everything is in order as far as that injury goes because I'm I'm really worried about that. I'm also – yeah, I'm worried about his injury, but – Well, the last call on him, he had limited participation in practice today. Um, the only other person who was limited was Arakpo, who has a hamstring injury. They had reported it as an ankle. They earlier. said he sprained his ankle. Now it's his hamstring. Yeah, they're calling it. Yeah, they're calling it hamstring now. Maybe it's both. I don't know. But he was limited today. I think they're just holding him out as a precautionary measure to make sure he can play on the weekend. Speaking. Um, and of course, Brand. Oh, go ahead. Oh, never All right, never mind. Finish the injury report, but then remind me to say something about Ryan Kerrigan because I don't want to forget about this. I will try. Um, Brandon Banks, his knee, you know, they have to baby that knee because he is a little guy. He's teeny. Um, he's teeny. It, dude, he's tiny. When in football terms, you're just like, man, it's it looks like a kid. He sounds like a kid, too. He's like, Dude, dude, when you see him out there, you expect to see some big dude with like another jersey, like seventy six, that also says Banks, and you're like, oh, that's that's his son. <laughs> like he's you taking know what his I mean? Son like, that's his field. son running out. If it were baseball, it'd be like that's his son out there shagging fly balls. 
during batting practice or something, you know? Exactly. So him, Chris Cooley, also uh, full participation for his knee. Hopefully he'll be more in a game shape this weekend because, you know, can't ever have enough weapons, kind of like cornerbacks. And uh, other than that, Dante Stallworth, Nick Sunberg, long snapper has a hand injury, but he was full participation. I don't know what happened to his hand, but uh, dude, speaking of that, you know what? Never mind on that. I'm going to save that for the kicks in the second half of the show. All right. All right. Um, so before something we... to do with snapping, but I have a feeling you guys might know where I'm going. With oh, that. man. What was up with those highs? Uh, I don't know, but there were a whole lot. I texted you after the third one. Anyway. They were like in see. Grossman's face all day, and he didn't drop any of them, which was another, another uh, accolade to Rex not-so-Grossman. Man, you're killing me, but yeah, I have to agree. Um, All right. Before, in any event. Before we go into the break, the thing yep. I wanted to talk about is about Ryan Kerrigan is I went to the doctor for a routine checkup today. And Did I had my red skin shirt on. No, I didn't Did you call? do that. No, no. Nice. Um, so anyway, I came out to like the place where you, you know, give them the little sheet that lets the insurance company charge you all kinds of money and stuff. So I hand them the sheet the woman there, the sheet, and she saw my Redskin shirt, and she's like, are you a Ryan Kerrigan fan? And I was like, <laughs> I, am, I was like, I am now. I was like, did you see that game? And she's like, I saw the highlights. And apparently, she's a Purdue fan, being that I'm in Indiana. Right. And she was, I was like, he, I think he's going to be good for a long time. And she goes, that boy's an ox. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it was pretty hilarious. Well, dude, remember remember what I said a couple of weeks ago? I was like, you know, Kerrigan reminds me, and this might just be, you know, white on white, uh, kind of like when you compare white running backs, like uh, uh, that dude up in Peyton Hillis, that guy in Cleveland, who's like, oh, he reminds me of John Riggins because he's because he's white, even though they don't run the same at all. Who said that? Uh, a lot of people were saying that last year um, on in the sports pundits at the Espen and all those kinds of places. Um, but I've been watching Kerrigan a couple weeks ago. I was like, he's like kind of like a smaller version of Chris Long of the St. Louis Rams, who I used to watch play up in Charlottesville for the University of Virginia. And he has the motor that goes all the way through the play, through the whistle. He just never stops. He keeps playing. He keeps playing. But Kerrigan, I think, is faster. Yeah, And he's a little bit more nimble because he's a little bit smaller. You know, I mean. He was a defensive end, but he was a defensive end at Purdue, and you know, dude, he's good. Has the ability. He's good. He's, he he's got speed and he's got athleticism. And he's played Back one NFL could... game, and he's got an interception return or a touchdown. Wait, wait, hold on. He has a pass defended interception yep. return for a touchdown all in one play. Yeah, one it's game. Pretty amazing. How many of those does London Fletcher have in his fourteen years? And it's not like it bread boxed right into him, you know. I mean, he had to like look up to his left. He like shot his head to his left and up and like twisted his body to grab it. And then he's running to the end zone and and you know, there was one guy there to try to maybe stop him and D'Angelo Hall just like plows him right in the kidneys and pushes him down over the goal line just to make sure he gets in. Oh dude, but before that even before he even made the uh tip, he had some dude trying to hit him low and he had to like push that guy off, then jump up and tip it. 
Yeah, he pretty much pushed him down to the ground and tried to hurdle him. And it was like, oh, there's the ball. Yeah. Oh, there's the ball again. It, it was, and then who just hit me in the kidneys? It was it was much different than um, much different than the catch that Stefan Heyer made in the last preseason. <laughs> who had at least one false start in the game that they won on Monday night, dude, and they got pulled. All right, all right. We're in gonna, any event, anyway, we got a break. It's about time for us to take a break. Um, when we come back, we'll give our game balls or kicks in the balls, and we'll wrap this thing up. Get you guys ready for the game against the Cardinals. That's right. We got some interesting legal news coming up as well after this break. You're listening to Harry Hog Football. And where is John? Hang up and try again. Is someone you love in trouble with the law? Maybe your child or grandchild has been charged with a simple traffic offense, a DUI, or reckless driving, or a simple misdemeanor, assault, shoplifting, or indecent exposure. Perhaps it's a much more serious felony, murder, drug possession, or distribution, or even a third offense, DUI. Charges like these often leave you asking questions. Who do you turn to for help, and what happens next? The fact is, every case is different, and many require tough choices. Every case is different. To best guide you to the best possible place, you need a seasoned professional. Consider David Lee. He's been practicing criminal and traffic law in the state of Virginia for over a decade, and has handled thousands of cases for thousands of clients. David Lee is based in southeastern Virginia, but for the right price, he's ready to travel to any corner of the state, including Ashburn. So if you or someone you love is in trouble with the law, call David Lee today at 757-259-9377. That's 757-259-9377. Well... Anyway, we're back, dudes. Where's Josh? Where's Josh? Where's Josh? Son. Where's Josh? So, all right. Tell me, dude. What is what's up with this uh, Daniel Snyder stuff? 
cut. Oh, dude, I couldn't even hear you for the last few seconds. So I messed something up on the soundboard. So sorry about that. Oh, dude, I was just talking about how we, uh, well, the Washington City paper lawsuit is no more. In Harry Hog speak, it's cut, cut. Oh yeah, he dropped it like day of the game, didn't he? He did. Basically, because I think someone was just like, "Dude, seriously." Yeah, someone was like, "Seriously, dude, quit being a dweeb. Quit being yeah, a dweeb." He was being a, a total. I think I put a total tool. Um, you know the whole. He went all Agent Orange on the trees, and the lawsuit said they accused us of using Agent Orange <laughs> what a on on trees. What? And everyone, anyone with any kind of sense, was just like, "You're an idiot." Everyone was um, like, uh... "Yeah, pretty much." So basically, they figured out Snyder figured out, and someone on his legal team, now that D.H. Donovan is no longer there, figured out that uh, you know. Not all press is good press. Sometimes bad press equals bad press, not just good press. So they decided to drop it, get it out of the way. And uh, I have not heard any word from the Simon Wiesenthal Center as to whether they think that anything from that was still anti-Semitic or the doodlings of a 15-year-old. But, you know, it seems like they have also dropped out of the thing because, you know, anyone with any kind of sense in their heads was looking at this whole lawsuit and saying, Dan Snyder's an idiot. Anyone that backs it is also an idiot. And Simon Wiesenthal Center, you guys can actually do something useful like you normally do and quit trying to back up some rich guy that owns a football team over a doodle that was supposed to emulate the notebook of a 15-year-old in high school. Mm Mm-hmm. So on that note, why don't we kick someone in the balls? I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) It's time for this week's Kicking the Balls Award. This week's Kicking the Balls Award is brought to you by... Uh, Who knows? uh, I can't find it. To hell with it. All right, uh, let me see. John, go ahead with your Kicking the Balls. Well, let's see. Josh did text me his games and kicks for this game, but they were so blatantly obvious, uh, I figured that they should be... uh, group games and kicks as in Ryan Kerrigan and Silverback. Well, really really, we're doing the kicks be... right now. So unless you're going to yeah. give Ryan Kerrigan a kick, don't even bring his name up. Yeah. See, seriously. So Josh said he was going to kick Silverback, but I think everyone pretty much All right. saw that Silverback had yet another subpar game in his, his short, but second year, NFL career. Silverback sucked in that game. He was bad. As Will said in the pregame or the pre-show, he was like a turnstile. <laughs> he was like a turnstile. It was horrible. It was truly one of the worst performances of the Redskins. But, with However, that being said, scoreboard. Yeah, exactly. 
So all right, that that is definitely a good kick in the balls award for this week. As a as a mom, Allen would say that matters not. Yep, scoreboard. That's all that matters. Scoreboard. Anyway, John, go ahead and give yours. You're kicking the ball. Who was my kick? Did I didn't I say I was going to kick someone earlier in the show? Who was that? I was alluding to. Was it Reed? Mm. Reed? Um. It's almost. It 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 really is almost more obvious to go with Reed than it is to go with Silverback for the problems he had. He was obviously burnt a couple of times. You might remember where he's been pressed into duty in the past uh, against the Cowboys, for instance, when they had Terrell Owens on the team. He got burned multiple times for touchdowns in that game. Mm -hmm. It's not anything new. It's something that I have mentioned before, that he's a great special teamer, but when he's pressed into duty, I mean, he's smart. He knows what he's doing. He just doesn't have the athleticism to keep up at this level. He's usually really good against the run. Yeah, and he's 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 much better as a strong safety than a free safety. So, I I, I guess I got to go with Reed on that. You know, I hate to kick him because I think I mean he's a solid guy. He's one of those those like late round guys, but he definitely deserves a kick for that game. Even though he did come in later, and I'm not going to make this kick in a game like I've done in the past. I, I, he gets the kick this week. Yeah, he did have those plays on that. That, that pivotal part of the game, like we talked about, that third and one or whatever it was. Yeah. But, yes, he got burned on that 60-some-yard pass that set up their touchdown, and then he got burned on the touchdown run because he was, I don't know what he was doing. He was, like, too far inside. He didn't seal yeah. the edge. Yeah, he over he overextended. He overextended his reach. Uh, so, yeah, I was like, what is up with that? And then I started thinking about how Maybe, maybe that stuff wouldn't have happened with Landry in there, but he's going to come in and be rusty, so who knows if he ever comes in. And really, shouldn't uh, Asamoah, or no, Atagwe, I mean, shouldn't he be playing more free safety and letting, I mean, Landry's a uh, strong safety. Mm -hmm. Anyway. I don't why know. Is not, why is Atagwe not back there? I mean, they're not there. Are they really expecting to put because we all know that the last dirty 30 had his worst year by far when they stuck him at free safety for an entire season. He was terrible back there. So are they planning on having him back there again in the Tagway at, at, at strong safety up there at the run? What are you going to do? I, I, I'm a little confused about that, actually. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know what's going on with that. But I do know that I didn't, don't even think I really heard a Tagway's name more than once the entire game, so he must have been doing something right. Yeah, he's doing all right, but you know it. It, it and D Hall secondary, like way back there. You know, I, it, I I I still think that we should have kept Carlos Rogers because we need the depth at cornerback. We need that extra guy. He's a decent cover guy. He just can't damn catch. Mm -hmm. So anyway. Anyway, yeah. All right, Reed Daly. All right. Yeah. But that means, all right, here's my kick, all right? All right. And I really like this guy. Yeah. And it pains me to kick him in the balls, but not, balls. As much, not as much as it pays him. You ready to hear who it is? Who that? I can't wait. 
All right, my kick in the balls is going to go to Rob Jackson because <laughs> what was he thinking on that? Was it a punt or a kick? It was either a kickoff or punt when he just comes flying in, like hitting some dude in the back, like blatantly for dude, no he reason. Didn't hit him in the back. I disagree with that. He, I still don't think that was a block in the back because if that's a block in the back, then you got to go back to the Super Bowl of the Steelers and the Cardinals on that pass at the very end of the first half. Dude, that was a block in the back in that game. It was a huge block in the back. That guy had two hands on the dude's numbers at the 25. It shouldn't have been a touchdown by Harrison. It should have been called back penalty on the return team. I said Half is over, no touchdown. This this guy, these were two hands, like maybe one hand was touching letters. This was less of a block in the back than that was. No, dude. This was pretty blatant in my opinion. Uh, it, I thought it was, I still, I still say it was less blatant. The last time I saw it, I was like, yep, I agree. Or I still agree with myself. It's less blatant than that one. Well, yeah, that one was blatant. And I was saying it through the whole entire rest of the Super Bowl. Like, what were, that was a block in the back. I was too. Anyway, in this instance, what was he thinking? Even if you're right and it wasn't a block in the back, what was he trying to do? He comes launching over these dudes and then he hit two of his own guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The point is, that's that's right. The point is, he came flying in there like a freaking Scud missile that got his engine <laughs> blown halfway off, and it was just like spinning around out of control, and he just crashed into everything he could. And that's um, why he's getting my kick. Yeah. For that one enough. play. Because I can't think of anything else. I would have given it to Reed Daddy or Trent Williams. But. I think he got that penalty because he was so out of control just flailing around. Like, like, <laughs> I could give it to Gordon Gano of the Violent Femmes for missing his 39-yard field goal. No, I think he deserves an extra kick from everyone. Josh, that's your kick. Who said that, dude? Um, I think <laughs> I think we did. Oh, man. Yeah. Sorry, Josh. That's what happens when you bail two minutes before the cast. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, that's our, our kick in the balls awards. Let's uh let's move on to the games, dude. And now, the coveted and ever elusive Game Ball Awards. The Game Ball Awards brought to you by Ridapoo. Who cares? Ridapoo. Why not? Ridapoo, who used to service the septic tank that's in my under my backyard that is no longer available. Are used, but is apparently still there. Nice. Yeah. Well, I ran over the uh, connector to it in the yard today, and I was like, oh, hey, look at that. What the hell does that go to? Because I have city water at my new house. But do you have city sewage? I do. I have city water and sewage. Maybe you should hook back into that septic tank. Then you wouldn't have to pay sewage anymore. I'm thinking about it. They probably won't let you. Anyway. I'm a fat half Enough about your poo-poo. Poo-poo. Let's go back into this Game Ball Awards. Um, go ahead and give yours, dude. All right. My Game Ball Award. I can't do it. I can't do it. I cannot give it. Someone else is going to have to. You know what? Josh is going to have to give that one. Um, our collective Game Ball is going to Kerrigan for the obvious reason. Oh, yeah, dude. Um. 
Josh's Game Ball Award is going to go to, I hope this doesn't take yours, dude, uh, Rex Grossman, because I just can't do it. Is that who Josh um, was really going to give his to, or is it Ryan Kerrigan? It was Kerrigan, but that's a group one, and Josh isn't here, so he's giving his to Rex Grossman. Um, no, that's not. had a pretty solid game. Yeah, I mean, that fumble wasn't even really his fault. He got housed. He did a good. He did much better than Rex Grossman normally does in that game. Now, granted, if he was playing against like a top five defense instead of the Giants' like half injured secondary, a couple of those balls he zinged in there were going to get picked or tipped or something. Mm-hmm. But you know, first game of the season. First game pretty of the damn season. good. Pretty good, dude. So, we'll give that to Josh. Um. All right. And the one I want to give, I think I'm going to steal yours. You so better not leave, steal mine. I'm going to I'm going to leave that one. All right. All right. Let me think about it, dude. Go ahead and give yours. And if you don't, if you don't give this one, I'll give it. All right. Well, mine's going to have to go to Mister Almost Irrelevant for coming in <laughs> and making not one but two sacks Ooh, as a yeah. backup nose tackle, Chris Neald. Who they kept over Fatty Bryant. And dude, he had two sacks. Two, which is exactly one more than he had ever in college. And he caused a fumble. He had a crazy game. Yeah. And that was part of what you, we were we were uh, talking about earlier in the cast, where the first half, the defense, they weren't getting a good push. You know, it was like guys, it, it was almost like it took them a while to warm up to the, uh, to the actual NFL action. And the second half, they started putting Neald in there to spell Cofield some. And that was beneficial to both sides. I know. To, to Cofield and to Neald. I know Cofield wasn't getting much penetration, so to speak. At first. At first, he wasn't. You're right. In the first half. Yeah, and then Neald came in there and like blasted through. And then that opened the floodgates. Him and Kerrigan were blasting it, it out. It was really that right there. It was blasting it out like that thing you got from Home Depot for your toilets. <laughs> and then that was it with with the with the CO two cartridges. I know, dude. So you're saying that Chris Neald was the CO two cartridge of the defense last weekend? Pretty much. Yeah, there you go. All right. Well, then I'm gonna give my game ball to Fred Davis. I can't wait. Fred Davis, who looks like a wide receiver, who really is not a tight end, who I don't think is ever going to be a great blocker, went five for 105, and he looked, he's out there wearing 83, which makes me think James Thrash. Albert Connell. And then Connell. farther back, where's Ricky Sanders? And Albert Connell in between. And Albert Connell. <laughs> God, talk about, talk about a forgetful guy. Like, can, can, can we just erase him? from the record book completely. Fred Davis had a fantastic game receiving and wait, what number was Henry Ellard? 86. Uh, was he? I think so. Uh, okay. For some reason I, really I thought he was 83, but I guess he's not. He might've been. I thought he was playing about the same time as Steve Connell. Um, Fred Davis played. He had a great game receiving 
and the tandem of him and Pony Boy, who can catch, by the way, mm-hmm. um, and also doesn't have a ponytail but anymore, but we're so totally calling him Pony Boy for the rest of his career. <laughs> um, the two of them, both together, my game ball is going to both of them together because they both had a good game. They did have huge games. You know, one Fred catching Davis. and one blocking. Yeah. So, you know, my game ball goes to the tight ends. Other than Cooley. Yeah, before we get wrap this thing up, because we didn't even mention anything about the running game and Tim Hightower, I will have to say the Giants' front line was getting some penetration on these stretch plays that was causing us to Cringe. not get anywhere really on the runs, but they stuck with it enough to open up the pass. So I think Hightower had about 70-some yards on 25 carries, the most carries he's had in his career, I must add. yeah. I'm it, thinking that's going to open up a little bit. Um, I really want to rack know. that up to be in the first game and the fact that Silverback was having trouble up there and and whatnot because there was a, there are a lot, you know, Umanura was out, Tuck was out, Cofield was no longer there. That Pierre Paul guy, I don't see him being, I think he's going to be a good player in the NFL, but he should not have had the game he had. I'm hoping the offensive line kind of, kind of shores it up and does a better job. But I'm really getting concerned. And this is the one thing that I don't like about the Shanahan plan is that this is the NFC East. Our guys are not big enough and strong enough to take on the Giants, the Eagles, you know, the Bears, the big teams that we're going to be facing in January in the playoffs, if we start getting to that point. And I'm a little worried about that. That's something that always, always concerns me about Shanahan. I know he's been to Super Bowls and won Super Bowls, but, but the, the smaller, nimble guys, I'm really worried about that working as we get along in the season. And I think we may have seen a shadow of it here in September well, as we start rounding into form going into the warm months. That's why we uh, have your dog, dude. Hmm. Your dog's still on the team just for that very purpose, maybe. Sellers. Who's that? Yeah, you know, Sellers. Sellers basically got that position on the team because he's a team player and he didn't bitch and moan about all the shit, the stuff. Pardon me. He was inactive, by the way, in case you guys didn't know. But he, he was. He could come in later in the season and start roughing people up when all these other running backs are all... Uh, injured and beat up and stuff, bringing a fresh, big old bruiser like Mike Sellers on some runs where where we need them. See what if happens. they trade your dog, 47, if one of the tight ends gets hurt, if one of the running backs uh, gets hurt, if, if you know, uh, uh, Darrell Young gets hurt, we could see Mike Sellers come in. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the fact that Shanahan has kept him on because he's such a classy guy and he's been a great, you know, teacher and, and, team guy and all that stuff he's he's a great locker room guy and he's still he's still got something left in the tank i'm really glad to see that he's around even if he's not active every week he's gonna be there so you know these are the guys that are gonna come in handy farther down the line the guys that have experience with the good and the bad Mm -hmm. so all right i guess we should start thinking about wrapping this thing up you want to go through the hog slop yeah, we got ourselves a little bit of hog slap this week. Wee-hee, suey. Chris suey? Cooley set 
the Washington Redskins career records for catches, a record for catches by a tight end with 423 receptions. Way to go, Chris Cooley. Way to go, Cooley. Top of the list. I thought um, he set some unlike, other record too, didn't he? I don't know. Anyway. That's that's the one that I heard about, which, uh, you know, unlike Clinton Portis, who got stopped short of John Regan's record. John's dog. Donovan McNabb had 39 dude, yards funny. passing in the Vikings loss. Are you sure that's about that stat? Yes, dude. He had 39 yards passing. He also had a pick at like the five, his own five yard line or something of that nature. And that got that went into the end zone. Um, McNabb had a really bad game in Minnesota. It's week one. He might be good this weekend. I'm, I'm just saying a little McNabb, Mc, McLazy update. Uh, you know, if you're going to be lazy and not learn the playbook for the team you're on, even though they're paying you a lot of money, maybe you you shouldn't play anymore. Um, last week, dudes, I got three, one, two, three emails from the Washington Redskins for the player returns from the Giants. Three, which means they probably never sold every single ticket, except maybe at the gate on Sunday. Well, the place was pretty full, that's for sure. It was pretty full. So far this week, I've gotten one email saying we have player returns from Arizona. Fair enough. Arizona's a long way away. And then I got another one today that says, reminder, there's seats available for player returns from Arizona. Um, do you want to lay odds that we're gonna, I'm going to get another one on Friday that says, reminder, reminder? I don't know, but that's cool to know because if I happen to come into town and there's a game, maybe we can get tickets at the last minute. Yeah, even with those seats taken out of each end zone, which makes, I think, personally, I think it makes the stadium look a little bit better. I know, it looks more a little more intimate or something. It, 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 it opens it up, and yet it makes it feel more cozy. Yeah. It gives it some shape, because before it was just an, a, a, an oval, uh-huh. and that was it. Yeah, I think, I, I agree with you on that. I, I, I like it. I just think they need to get rid of that damn FedEx green and orange and purple and put up some damn burgundy and gold at the top. That drives me crazy every time I see it. All right, real quick, because we're running out of time here. You want to go into the HHHFLFFFL roundup? <laughs> yeah, we got a little bit of news, you know, from the uh, Harry Hog Football Fantasy Football League, the HHFFFL. Um, I can't wait. I won this week. Uh, Aaron, did you win? Have I don't you know. Checked? I haven't even checked. You haven't checked? Well, I just want to tell everybody right now that I'm in first place. And second place would be the Staten Island Ferries. Uh, that, Aaron. That's me. That means I probably won. Right. <laughs> and uh, the winners this week for week one. And this is hopefully once we get our, our web person, Josh, on the ball and we put the link on this uh, the Harry Hog Fantasy Football, Football, Fantasy Football League. Um, from Yahoo, if we get the link of this onto our website, because it is a public league, which means people can come and look at it anytime they want. Um, we're just waiting on Josh to put that up. Um, you can come on there and look and see that the Virginia Beach Balls, that's me, one, Staten Island Ferries, Staten Island Ferries beat Aaron, or or, Aaron, or one, I'm sorry, they beat uh, Mark, the resident Colts fan in the league who is grandfathered in, even though he's not a Redskins fan. And other victories uh, by Type 42 Rocks in Reading, England. Honey, the Honey Badger won his first game 
over the Galapagos Grizzlies, his first game as well in the league. And we had a tie. Whoa. From between Payne and Uranus and the uh, defending champion Abergorky Warriors from Wales. Who's Payne and Uranus? He's been in the league forever, but I'm not sure who he is. I think it's Stud Studhorst. It is Studhorst. All right. We haven't heard from him in a while, have we? Well, it's he's probably embarrassed because he drafted Romo and Bryant. Oh. Um, really? So he should be embarrassed. Dude, I only have Studhorst. one thing to say about that. Say it. Questionable. I think next year, Aaron, before we uh, close this up, and maybe we can get some feedback from the uh, from the Harry Hog Nation out there, maybe next year I'm just going to ban all Cowboys, like physically ban them. You from should, the dude. So if you draft them, I'm just going to take them off your team. Yeah. In the future. Maybe we'll do that next year. I think that would be uh, the fair way to do it. Being it's a Redskins, Harry Hog football, fantasy football league. Yep. Anyway, I think that about wraps it up for this week. Um, shout outs to everyone on Twitter and Will in Maryland and K Douglas 011, Cut No Hands 22, Cage in Scotland, Riggins Revenge, CO Skins, everybody who's been chatting in the box on the website. We like, to, especially during the games, people like to go to the HHF chat right on the website. All the tweeters, um, um, Ninja Star, someone. Yeah, Ninja Death Stars. Pretty much everybody out there. There's so many. Um, Josh will Josh will fill us in on that uh, later on as Sick. well. Dude, Desmond Klee. Yep. Dudes. Thanks to David Lee Legal Services as well in Williamsburg for being our longtime benevolent sponsor. Um, next week is the first Dallas week of the season and the Dallas Sucks flag is going to be flying right underneath Old Glory at my new casa in Great Ridge, Chesapeake, Virginia. I but, expect to, uh, I'll put a nice picture when we get it up there. But before we get to that, we got the Cardinals coming into town this week. Are you guys ready for it? I can't wait. Oh, I'm playing the Cardinals even though we lost to them the last I time. I can't wait. Um, I can't it wait. It always reminds me of those old days where we like, why are we playing the Cardinals in the yeah, we'll talk to you guys later. Hail to the Redskins. What do you think, Josh? Um, hold on. I called it. I called it. What was that, Josh? I can barely hear you. Sorry, dude. <laughs> I hear more John Lennon than Josh. <laughs> what about Will? What does Will have to say at the end? Yeah. What do you think he's got to say? I know what he's going to say. I can't wait. He's pumped. He is pumped. All right, Yoes. So hail to the Redskins. Take us all. And if you see a Cowboys fan, joke Jokin. Go, Romo. And that game. The Jets on a silver platter. <laughs>